ride the rock and roll train. The latest episode of ACDC Beyond the Thunder leaves the station now with your thunderous hosts, Kurt Squires, Greg Ferguson, and Eric Hume. Welcome, Thunder listeners. I'm your host, Kurt Squires, here partying it up with co-pilot Greg Ferguson and sound commander Eric Keelb. This is the podcast where extraordinary fans get to make a toast to this extraordinary little band called ACDC. But for this episode, Greg and Eric really pushed me to consider involving our listeners to participate in a top 10 list rather than our traditional one-on-one interview with high-profile guests. So I thank them for mixing things up a bit because it's a nice departure. That's right. The countdown begins at ACDC Beyond the Thunder. And during this episode, we ask our listeners to choose their personal top 10 bands that harness the sound of ACDC. Yes, and to do so, we not only asked you, our faithful listeners, to vote, but we also reached out to a few of our previous guests who's appeared on the podcast, and we think you guys did a pretty darn good job. In all, there were over 75 bands who made the list, representing 20 different countries, but only 10 could make our final tally. Wow, that's amazing. So it's also important to note that these are not top 10 bands who've been influenced by ACDC. So you won't be seeing Anthrax or Guns N' Roses, Foo Fighters, Metallica, and even Stereophonics. They will not be on this list. However, the bands who've been inspired by ACDC and also took the sound of ACDC will be on this top 10 list. Okay, so who did make the list of bands utilizing ACDC sound as a not-so-secret formula and have been clearly influenced by the thunder down under. Some bands embrace the comparison. Others get a little prickly around this territory. Either way, it's all win-win to us. Okay, are you ready to stand up and be counted? For what you are about to receive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at number 10, our ACDC Beyond the Thunder listeners voted in a group that not only hails from Melbourne, Australia who share a striking similarity in their musical style to ACDC, but also, like Angus and Malcolm, have two founding brothers in the band, Nick and Chris Sester. They may be a little more dynamic in their writing, but their crunchy guitar tones, driving rhythms, and anthemic choruses smack of ACDC, who, by the way, got their name from a Sir Paul McCartney track. So Mm. being a huge Beatles fan, Eric, can you guess the name of this top 10 band? Temporary secretary? <laughs> uh, close. Secretary. Close. Our number 10 pick is Jet. Woo, Jet. Oh, all so, right. Yes. Yeah. So back in 2001, these fellow Aussies got their break when Apple used Are You Gonna Be My Girl for an iPod ad. Do you yeah, guys remember right. that? You bet. So uh, I think Apple actually stole the idea from their their own music video, their whole campaign. So Alice Cooper called these guys one of the last great rock and roll bands. And although they've been on and off again over the past few years, Jet received several awards for their work, including a Grammy nomination. Uh, They've toured extensively along the Stones, uh, alongside the Stones and Oasis. In fact, I actually caught Jet 
in a little club in New York City in the mid-2000s. And when I heard them play this particular track live, I thought, yep, there's some ACDC DNA in these guys. So let's see what you think. Cue it up, Eric. Here's Cold Hard Bitch from Jet. definitely some acdc going on there yeah well chosen guys so number 10 jet there was a quote from nick sester lead singer of jet who said we're not trying to copy anyone but we've always been fans of acdc and i think that if you're a fan of that music and you start a rock and roll band it's kind of inevitable that you're going to sound similar so not a bad problem to have in our book so there you have it number 10 jet so the cool thing about this top 10 list is that it's truly global. It's easy to think in terms of bands that are really well known, but our listeners did their homework. They dug deep, serving up this Swiss band for number nine slot, Sideburn. Formed in 1997, believe it or not, this is the first time that these guys have ever been on our radar. I don't know about you guys. Have you heard of Sideburn? No, I have not. Nope. But I'm glad to be introduced to them. So thank you listeners for introducing us to Sideburn. Their songs have been featured in shows like 24, Wolverine starring Hugh Jackman. And they've also toured with some of the biggest bands around, including Kiss, Motorhead, Def Leppard, Dio. I mean, let's take a listen. Here is Frontline off their album, Electrify. Young picking right there. Totally. Oh, yeah. The Gretsch over there in the left channel. A little Malcolmish. See a lot of head bobbing there. I like it. As you can hear, this probably could be plugged into any ACDC album. But Sideborn does more than just recycle ACDC riffs. They have their own swagger. They've been doing this for almost a quarter century. 
Yeah, that sounds like a long lost ACDC demo track to me. Totally, totally. <laughs> sounds awesome. All right, are we ready to move on to number eight? Let's do it. Okay. Do it. At number eight, we have Dynamite, a Swedish band that takes their moniker from one of ACDC's most famous songs, TNT, and they are four piece rockers formed in 2012 by frontman Mattis Carlson, who cited ACDC's High Voltage as one of his favorite rock albums. Wow. The band have since shared festival stage with the darkness in Europe. Here's a little stick of dynamite for your taste buds. This is Talk is Cheap off Lock and Load. Talk is cheap. Sounds like high voltage. guys think <laughs> very cool a little mix think? of brian and bon i think I, you know it's I interesting right. too yeah 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 for sure i'm upset we don't know these bands yeah, <laughs> what have we been doing <laughs> i don't know so uh from sweden dynamite is uh been around since 2012 like we said and uh although the mainstay bandmates madison jonas have since blown up blown up blown up the band continues on announcing an all-new lineup this past new year's eve so they're still rocking they, does that mean they quit i i think so oh yeah, yeah. man dynamite dynamite. Yeah. dynamite all right um at number seven our acdc beyond the thunder listeners anointed a band that i have heard of i mean it is kind of cool these bands are from all over the globe uh so you listeners you did deep digging i'm i'm really impressed so in fact, on number seven, I actually owned this debut album called Cool from the Wire. It was released in 1988 because it truly sounded like the second coming of Bon Scott with Angus Young right there by his side. Uh, these guys are originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. Eventually, they scored a deal with Atlantic, which was ACDC's label at the time. And they landed decent airplay on MTV for their video, Oh Ruby. I don't know if you guys remember um, totally yeah yes and of course ruby is a woman lovingly referenced during acdc's track go down so see if this doesn't win prize for best bond scott sound alike of all time guys here's ruby from dirty lux
hear a little call and response like Angus and Bond used to do, which is pretty cool. Very cool. It's been I, said, what's that? I saw, I think I saw these guys live. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who'd they open up for? I don't know. It's probably like Cleveland, Ohio, Peabody's Down Under. I don't know. Okay. Would it have been like White Lion or... <laughs> <laughs> That's the right genre for sure. Warrant. They were and in the hair metal category Winger. for sure. It was a W band. I think I I think I've seen these guys live. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's been said that if ACDC had a rebellious little brother, it would be <laughs> Dirty Looks. So at number seven, that's Dirty Looks. But with the rise of grunge, the group broke up around 1993, and they tried different incarnations, like most bands in the 90s. Uh, and although he tried to jump start the band again, Ostergaard sadly died from liver failure in 2011 at the age of 47. Ooh, that's early. Man, rock and roll, man. It could be hard on you. That's rough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to number six, all right? And this is a group from Barcelona, Spain. They go by the name of 77, and it's formed by yet another band of brothers. Oh. Armand and LG Valletta. And I bet you can't guess what year they were formed. 1877. <laughs> <laughs> close. I'm going to say 1977. No. Even closer, Kurt. Oh. Even closer. No, these guys were formed in 2006. <laughs> the band's name, 77, actually refers to the year 1977, which is considered to be a significant year in, in rock history, uh, uh, including ACDC's mighty Let There Be Rock. Let There Be course. Rock, of course. Yeah. Not only do they draw inspiration from ACDC in their sound, but also their song titles like High Decibels, Maximum Rock and Roll, Bright Gloom. They're just as energetic as their dynamic live performances. And here's a little sampler of 77 with, it's got to be the best title ever of a song, Big Smoker Pig. <laughs> And when you picked the song, Kurt, I, I had never heard the song before, so... Uh, I hadn't either. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for introducing me to it. It's great. It's a great little tune. Yeah. We want to give a shout out to all our listeners who voted for their top 10 bands who sound like ACDC. And since only 10 could make it, let's salute some of those honorable mentions throughout the show that were so close to making the cut, including The Angels, Bonafide, Cinderella, Junkyard, and of course, Jackal. 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 Yeah. Jackal. Yeah, in fact, ACDC Beyond the Thunder has recently featured frontman from Jackal, Jesse James Dupree. That was earlier this season. So if you haven't gotten around to checking out that episode, please check it out. Yes. 
Okay, now that we've cracked the top five, we're going to go back down under for a second time to talk about another Australian powerhouse, often compared to ACDC, for their bluesy hard rock style, gritty vocals, mirroring the raw intensity of ACDC's early years, but often viewed as more underground, maintaining a cult following. Uh-huh. They're formed in Sydney in 1976. Frontman Angry Anderson is the last remaining original member of the Australian Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's Rose Tattoo. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Not only did Bon and Angus used to jam live on stage with Rose Tattoo, but the band's first four albums were also produced by Harry Vanda and George Young. No kidding. Very cool. So there are many connections to ACDC and Rose Tattoo besides their sound. ACDC drummer Phil Rudd and Angry Anderson were once bandmates in the early 70s outfit Buster, Buster Brown. Brown. That's right. In fact, we heard that after departing ACDC in 1983, Anderson confirmed it was true that Rudd rehearsed to join Rose Tattoo, but eventually said, eh, not ready. Oh, wow. I, I was going to do the accent, but that was pretty I, good accent. I saved away from it. <laughs> And in 2017, ACDC bassist Mark Evans joined the tattoo and remains part of the band and a key player today. Very cool. Yeah. We need to get Mark Evans on this show. Yeah. That would be great. So coming in at number five, here's Rose Tattoo and Man About Town from their 2018 Blood Brothers reissue. This is a cool tune. Very cool tune. And what do you guys think of that one? Those guys sound so tough. I love it. Yeah. Just raw. Just moves right along. It's so, so fun. Yep. All right, Eric. I mentioned some honorable mentions. So uh, what else do you have on that list? Yeah. Here's a few other that didn't quite uh, cut the mustard. 42 decibel. Have you guys? I never heard. I don't know. 42 decibel. Don't know them. Yep. Y and T. Yes. Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Little little insider information here. Kurt and I um, often celebrate Valentine's Day um, <laughs> together. Going to see Y and T. Going to a Y and T show. They yeah, just happen to be in, in North Carolina around that Sounds time. Sounds perfect most, to most me. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very romantic. Love those guys. Yep. Next up, the Casanovas. Okay. Nice. Thunder. Ah. Hmm. And. A Kurt fave, except. Oh, I love except. Oh, Wolf Hoffman, what a guitar player! Amazing man. guitar yeah, player, and one of the reasons why I got into except because I thought they had the sound of ACDC. So, yeah, I love except. In fact, except was my second show ever. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, nice. they were. Um, okay, number. F- are we at number four? We are. We're number Damn. four. We're getting down there. First off, I'm, I got to put a huge asterisk on this one, guys, because. Although this band does not exactly sound like ACDC on the whole, 
certainly not their entire career. There is one album that our listeners could not ignore, which is why you're seeing these British rockers on our top 10 list. And you can solely thank ACDC fanboy and producer Rick Rubin for persuading this band to pump out an album called Electric. It was filled with some of the best ACDC style riffs of all time. I loved it. I remember Rubin commenting on this technique by saying, when I'm producing a hard rock band, I try to create albums that sound as powerful as Highway to Hell. Whether it's The Cult or Red Hot Chili Peppers, I apply the same basic formula. Keep it sparse, make the guitar parts more rhythmic. It sounds simple, but what ACDC did is almost impossible to duplicate. You guys like this album? Yes, oh, it's, it's one of my favorites. I, I remember hearing it for the first time in high school and um, immediately went out and bought it on CD and just cranked it in my car. And such a such a great, the whole album together is such a great piece of work. It's yeah. amazing. And I, I think it's it's definitely the Rick Rubin effect. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In fact, cult guitarist Billy Duffy said, I owe a great debt to ACDC. I saw them in 77 with Bon Scott in Manchester and was actually able to hit Angus's guitar with my hand while Bon carried him through the auditorium. <laughs> wow. He said the electric album tapped into that honesty groove and simplicity. So that's pretty cool. So coming in at Very number cool. four, here's the cult's Wildflower from Electric, which even Billy Duffy will tell you sounds a whole lot of like ACDC's rock and roll singer. By the way, did you know Billy Duffy, the lead guitarist for uh, The Cult, was there that night at the Music Machine on the evening that Bon Scott passed away? Wow. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, he, he actually saw Bon come in with uh, Alistair Kinnear, which is the guy who uh, was with Bon when he passed away. He, went, he said he saw him go backstage and Kinnear with him, and eventually Bon's lifeless body was found just hours later. Crazy. Yeah. So. And as Greg and Eric referenced earlier, we have a few more honorable mentions here that did not make our top 10 list, but definitely need to be heard. The Donnas. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, the yeah, all-female yeah. group. Cool, yeah. Awesome ACDC sound. Uh, Hardbone, Buck Cherry, mm-hmm. Kicks. You remember those guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a band called ABCD who <laughs> they kind of cross over into tribute territory, actually, if you check those guys out. Uh, I think they're from Sweden. I'm not sure. But my own personal favorite is a band called Nevada Beach from New Hampshire. Uh, your native state, Greg. I've never seen Nevada Beach. So I don't think anyone... All, this is all new to me. Nobody is... knows about Nevada Beach but but me, I think. But uh, if, if you please Google these guys, you will not be disappointed. I love Nevada Beach. I'm going to go check them out for sure. 
Okay, often dubbed the European ACDC, here's another Swiss band in our countdown. Wow. And along with ACDC is also celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Wow. So, wow, they've been around for a while. I had no idea. And you know who it is coming in at number three? It's Crocus. Yes. Founded in 1974 by Chris Von Rohr and Tommy Kiefer, this one-time progressive band changed their style completely after seeing ACDC in concert in the late 70s. Oh, I didn't know that. So they, they were a progressive band. And they popped over to an ACDC sound. I mean, that's, that's influence right there. Totally. Yeah. There's actually a few other connections that are worth mentioning here. After the tragic passing of ACDC singer Bon Scott in 1980, the production company that worked with the band asked vocalist Mark Storacci to audition for ACDC. And believe it or not, guys, he passed on the offer. Oh, man. Not, not just to be loyal to his mates, but he was pretty uh, committed to Crocus at the time. I heard that story. I can't believe it, actually. Huh, huh, how about that? Yeah, well, well, it gets better. In uh, 2016, Storacci admitted that if ACDC were to call again, he'd definitely accept the chance to audition. I believe his name was on the list of singers to audition, but he never did. And if you're interested in hearing about who did audition uh, to fill in for Brian, check out season two, episode two, uh, with Lee Robinson. Uh, Uh, Yes. Yeah, we had that whole conversation with Lee about that. So it's a good episode. Yes. All right. And back to Crocus. um, If you listen to tracks like Bedside Radio, I'm on the Run, or even a song called Shy Kid, which opens with lyrics, It's a lonely evening in a lonely town. I ain't too old to cry now. When a woman gets me down. And, you know, that's kind of almost verbatim to ACDC's ride on. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So when compared to Bond, Scott, Starachi said, of course, it's a big compliment. But, um, you know, you got to realize that we have a bit of pride. The influences we had and the vocal similarities probably came from the same influences. Right. So I think what he's saying is, you know, I brought my own thing to it. We're, we were all listening to the same music at the time. So, of course, there's going to be some similarities there. Yeah. Um, And although they've played on the same bill as ACDC, it's also been said that Crocus was not asked to be on the 1984 Monsters of Rock bill because ACDC felt that they were just too damn close to their sound. Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So Crocus announced their retirement and would embark on the farewell tour, but COVID put a stop to that. And so they have yet to follow through with that promise. And let's hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love those guys. Yep. They're one of my favorite bands. Here's one of our favorite tracks, Long Stick Goes Boom, from the classic LP, One Vice at a Time.
Such a solid band. Yeah. I love that song. I read a great quote that when Crocus recorded that album, One Vice at a Time, Chris Von Rohr described it as the album ACDC never made, <laughs> which is totally true. That's funny. What, do you know what year that song came out? Uh, uh, let's see. It came out in 1982. So, Is it 82? Yep. Yeah. When did For Those About the Rock come out? 81. <laughs> so they're like, hmm, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... When I think of Crocus, well, that song is is definitely reminds me of ACDC. I mean, I think of the the Headhunter album that came after that, and that was just like screaming in the night is like such a mainstay power ballad of that early MTV era. Yeah, Ballroom Blitz, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, killer band. I didn't know how many cover songs they did, so I've got the discography up here. They Eight, do a lot of cover songs. After the the next single in '82, after Long Stick Goes Boom, was American Woman. Yep. So take yep. that Lenny Kravitz and the Guess Who. Yep. And then Eat the Rich. I remember that song. That was a good song. But I don't think it's a Ballroom Blitz is a cover song. Yep. School's Out. Yeah, School's yeah. Out. Anyway. Yep. I saw them open for Priest and they basically did all cover songs <laughs> and they destroyed. Really? Yeah, they, they really won the crowd over. They did Rainy Day Women from Bob Dylan. I mean, they oh, did wow. all covers. Oh my God. Yeah. That would was, be so fun. Yeah. They were they were good. All right, guys, we're getting down to the wire here. At number two, we have a band that formed back in 1988 from Van Nuys, California. In his book, The Youngs, The Brothers Who Built ACDC, author Jesse Fink, who also name drops ACDC Beyond the Thunder, yes, he did. said, more than any other band, Rhino Bucket has awakened the ghost of Bon Scott. His spirit <laughs> lives in their music. They're more ACDC than ACDC. And that's saying something. Oh, man, that's quite a quote. Yeah. Singer and rhythm guitarist George DeLevo has, in fact, stripped mine ACDC like no other. With their no frills, no nonsense, no ballads approach to straight ahead rock and roll, even former ACDC drummer Simon Wright joined the band and appeared on the 1994 album Pain, all of which you can hear Simon talking about more in one of our season three episodes. Yes, love Simon. Rhino Bucket's music has been featured in films such as Wayne's World and The Wrestler, and even Stephen King is a fan, who posted on his social media, topping off the weekend with some Rhino Bucket, and I've got that sucker turned up to 10. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. In 2018, George announced that he was leaving the band with their final show at the Rainbow, but who knows, we may have one more one-night stand with these rockers. At your highly coveted number two spot, here's the first song of their very first album back in 1990. It's the self-titled debut from Rhino Bucket and One Night Stands.
Great All tune. Right. I, th- I got to put that into my mix uh, for the yeah. weekend, yeah. just like Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, yes. that was awesome. Rhino Bucket. So cool. And I love the fact that Simon Wright was in that band and he talked about it a little bit. Uh, really cool tune. Really cool band. So anyway, I'm really thrilled with the listeners and their their choices here, especially because we don't know a lot of them. I know. Thanks thanks for everyone for for contributing your top 10 lists. It was fun to kind of get them, look through them, and, and kind of come up with our, our top 10 list for this episode. Um, it's good to know that you guys are out there. It's good to know that you're listening, enjoying all this ACDC content that we're putting out there. And I love that they're from countries all over the world, these bands. That are influenced. Yeah, yeah, and introducing us to new music, which is always great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we want to let listeners know that we had an awesome interview with your number one pick from today's episode that lasted an additional 25 or 30 minutes or so of unheard material too long for this episode. But if you want exclusive access to the entire interview, simply go to beyondthethunder.com, hit the charity button, and donate as little as $1, which will go to the Nordif Robbins Music Therapy and Make-A-Wish Foundations. And we'll send the link of the entire interview directly to you. That's beyondthethunder.com, and hit the charity button. And now, ladies and gentlemen, drumroll, please. Number one. It's time to announce your number one band that harnesses the sound of ACDC like no other, as voted by our ACDC Beyond the Thunder podcast listeners. Is it because the group hails from Australia and this style of music is simply in their DNA? Is it because they were founded by two brothers? Or is it simply because they continue to raise the flag of music featuring no ballads, no acoustic guitars, and no keyboards. Here's a band that came out of the gates running wild with several ARIA Music Award nominations, not to mention a Best Debut Album from Metal Hammer and winner for the Best New Band from our favorite magazine, Classic Rock. And they're still rocking their hearts out as we speak, all the way from Warnable. Is that how you say that? Warnable? ACDC Beyond the Thunder welcomes lead vocalist and lead guitarist Joel O'Keefe from Airborne. Joel, welcome to the show and congratulations. Hey, you guys doing? Nice to finally (laughs) meet you. Good to meet you too. This one's a little different because it's based on listeners voting for bands who they feel have kind of carried the torch forward utilizing ACDC's blueprint, you know? So, and they voted Airborne number one, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. Amazing. Like, when I got that in the email, I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty bloody cool, you know. Like um, when we started as a band, uh, so first, thanks your thanks to all your listeners for voting for us. Uh, and look, when we started as a band, you know, the bands that were on the radio and stuff like that at the time, it was all Blink One Eight Two and and shit like that. Really, like it was just kind of like. <laughs> Well, that's how we felt at the time. We were like, what is this shit? You know, like, why doesn't anyone in school want to rock? We couldn't understand why music didn't have that. We were, right, listen to ACDC. We listened to Billy Thorpe, Bryce Tattoo, The Angels. I'm sure you listeners would know those bands from Australia. Sure. Uh, Screaming Jets is another one. Uh, Kings of the Sun, The Poor. Like, Australia has this Aussie rock thing, uh, which is, it's very meat and potatoes where we took kind of bits from America and bits from the UK, whatever was the loudest bits that came through the radio. Like if you took The Who, you know, uh, and you took uh, and ZZ Top and you took uh, you know, Paul Rogers, 
um, and you would get like from Bad Company, you get this kind of like you get this Aussie rock kind of thing, and it's just that's what we wanted to play, and that's what we wanted to listen to. So we would take our stuff to school, and we play and do that, and it's just kind of like the same thing. We've just been doing it ever since, and it's I love um, that. and it's just flying the flag for Australian rock and roll. It's it's just so much fun, and we love it. that's that's yeah. Obviously, we love it. We get you know we go to we 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 get on it. You know we we. We uh, you know, we go to gigs and stuff, and we get we we go to as many gigs as we play. Is what I'm trying to say. The poor opened up for ACDC at one point, didn't they? They did on the Ball Breaker tour. Yeah, that was like your first show, right? Uh that was my first ACDC show. Correct. And yeah, I, I, and I was listening to the poor at the time. I had their cassette tape. Yeah, and just being such a kid, I didn't even know that they were, you know, a support band. I didn't know there was support band. I didn't even know that they were going to be doing it. And when they ran out, because I was only like an eight years old or something, um, so then when they come running out, I was like, oh, that's that band I've been listening to. I love them. Wow. And I believe I got to watch 45 minutes of The Paul in 1996, I think it was. At right, yeah. Yeah, right in, in, in Melbourne. That's amazing. Yeah. And as a kid, you know, when you're a kid, those things, you know, when you're young, that just, like, it, it changes your whole life. So... We're very influenced by the poor as well. Oh, totally. <laughs> While we're talking about your early childhood, I had an early childhood question for you. After seeing the Thunderstruck video on TV, you asked for a cassette of ACDC's Razor's Edge for your sixth or seventh birthday, which is a present from your mom. And that was the very first album you ever owned, right? Yeah. First album I ever owned was Razor's Edge. Wow. And first off, cool mom, right? Yeah, you know, thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Like, uh, and I, it wasn't just it wasn't just a, a cassette tape that I wanted. It was also a blue singlet, and I also wanted to shave my hair, to cut my hair, <laughs> so I could play. And then I wanted to, um, I wanted to wear the blue singlet to be like Malcolm, or or Cliff in that video, yeah. um, and then, uh, and or Brian. And right. also, there was an old hat in the house that was we had this hat stand, and it was like one of those hats that kind of like Brian wears. And then, you know, then after that, it was like, you know, oh, I've got to get a guitar. I've got to get the red guitar. <laughs> so I wanted to be the old band, basically, like at the age of, uh, yeah, six or seven or whatever it was. And um, But when that clip comes on, even to this day, it doesn't matter where I am. It's just, it 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 flips a trigger. Yeah. Or something like that. I could be in a bar. I could be out in public walking the dog. It comes on and I just, you know... I'll, I'll do duck walks on the bar. Like I'll just I'll get going. You know, <laughs> I'll just get. I I might argue that that might be the greatest ACDC video. It could very well be. To me, it is. You know, like it's just how can you not put it on and not want to rock? Right. The whole place is rocking. Right. So after seeing them, you're you're such a young kid being exposed to ACDC. When you saw them live. Was that the moment that truly changed your life to commit to rock and roll as a career? Yeah, I think, look, at, at the time, you know, I was going to school and things like that, and but I was taking my guitar to school. I, I was I was on that path. I was already on that path. But then when I saw that, like, it, I couldn't believe I was breathing the same air as Angus Young in the yeah. room. You know? Like, it was just, I was obsessed, you know, and uh, it was just like I would draw acdc logos and all my books and to, to see that come alive it was the greatest it's still the greatest show i've ever seen 
Uh, I'd never seen a show in my life or anything like that before. But to see that pure, like it was like magic or something. It was like a whole other universe. And I just thought, thought I don't want to live out. I don't want to leave the venue. I want to live in this universe if it can go forever. Like, you know, if we can stay in this place, this feeling, this whole thing. And when you get older, you know, you get on the road and you tour and you drink and you get into it, you know, you sort of forget a few things because, you know, you hit it pretty hard for for a few years out there yeah but one thing i do remember is that gig and i remember the fans going to the show i remember the smiles the happiness and then when the band when the lights went dark it was the loudest like the whistles and the roar yeah and then and the ball starts swinging you know and then it yes. was just it was just the best thing and i had to go back to school the next day and i just i didn't listen to it <laughs> my ears rang for three days after that and i could hear the riffs in my head yeah like i get the ball breaker going da-da-da-da. It was like, <laughs> it was quite pitch, it was like the ringing sound. Right. thing what was funny was when i went back to school girls didn't notice me before this day they didn't and then when i went back to school the next day they said you know all these little, little harem came around me little harem of girls they said, did you leave school early to go see acdc and i said yeah i went to acdc yeah you know and i got the shirt on and i've got everything I'm like oh wow you're cool i'm like oh hang on there's something else to this rock and roll thing it's not just playing guitar uh-huh. rock, the girls take notice i was like that's interesting that gave you know? some cred right there <laughs> yes it was one of the greatest adventures i've been on in my life i reckon that that show down it was down in melbourne we live in melbourne now but yeah we had to drive from Portable down and then back that night that's three hours each way you said you were um diagnosed with adhd you just found out in the last, I don't know, five or six years, which you said really helped you out and put in perspective why you were so hyperactive uh, as a kid growing up and fidgeting, full of energy. Did watching a band like ACDC where Angus is constantly running around uh, on stage like a madman help you figure out how to harness that energy on stage? Yeah, yeah, like the hyper-focus part of it where that kind of made sense, like why I'd be obsessed with only playing an A chord for about a week. (laughs) <laughs> like dun, 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 the rock bit that Malcolm plays. Right. Like, oh um, my God. Yeah. So I'd be, I would, I would go get, I would get the PA and I would only play one side and listen to that and then just really try and learn everything that they're doing and, um, and get into it. But of course, yeah, like it made total sense as to why I wanted to try and be the whole band, you know, like and, and do that when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. Um, but, um, it also helped, it just helped with just shit going forward. Like, Stop making up new lyrics live. Just sing the ones that you've written. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you—you you said you couldn't figure out if you wanted to be Angus or Brian, so you do both essentially on stage, which is you know kind of awesome. Yeah, well, I mean the thing is, yeah, like it's—they look like they're both having so much fun. That's the thing about ACDC, you know, like it's not like one of those sort of bands that stare at their feet, go, Ooh, "Hate my mummy," sort of music, like. I love my mum. She gave me the ACDC cassette. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like it's good times. You know, they're all smiling, having fun. So you can, and when you sort of figure out a few things with guitar and and stuff like that, you sort of go, oh, you know, you want to, you just want to have fun. And like, I didn't really want to play football or footy footy in Australia, um, you know, but I didn't really want to do sport. And I was like, I want to do this. Right. Um, It just looks like so much fun. So, 
it just kind of ended up that way. Speaking of sports, I think when I first heard Airborne, I was playing Xbox with my son, and it was either Tony Hawk or NHL or something like that, and I heard Airborne. Is that correct? Yeah, we were on the skateboard game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then it wasn't until I saw the film I Love You, Beth Cooper, and I totally took notice for the first time. Like, this band rocks as hard as ACDC. They get it. Within this top 10 list of bands that our listeners have chosen, several of these bands contain brothers. And with your younger brother, Ryan, sitting behind the drum kit, where does his affinity for ACDC fall compared to yours? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> well, he loves Phil Rudd. I mean, that's, it's got to be obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, like he, he, In terms of the two drummers he loves the most, I would say, would be Kenny Arnold. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, Phil Rudd. Um, and like hard hitters, you know, but like Kenny Arnold, great drummer. Um, He's like and, a chameleon. But, he plays for everybody. Yeah. We saw him as a kid. He was out with um, John Fogarty. And okay. we'd oh. seen him before then and we're just fascinated by the way he would just power through like that. I think Ryan's definitely taken some of that on. Yes. In terms of the three drummers from Australia, you know, like it's Phil Rudd, Ryan, and there's um, the drummer in Rose Tattoo, uh, the third drummer, Paul DeMarco. Yes. The three drummers of 4-4. Four, four, basically, of Australia. There's other ones, obviously, like Drummer in In Excess is another one, but there's a certain, uh, there's a certain, the drummer in John Farnham's band, uh, Angus Birchall, yeah. he drinks down the road. Um, the drummers, 4-4 <laughs> drummers, it's, and uh, look, the guy that just replaced in ACDC, he was very oh, good. Matt Laug. Yeah. Like, he was phenomenal. You know happened, but he just like, wow, like, you know, like, I mean, for, to stand in like that, what a what a what a gig, you know. Um, what a what a show he put on. And I just realized he opened for ACDC back on the Stiff Upper Lip tour when he was with Slash's Snake Pit. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is a it's it's, it's a thing to understand the four four. Yeah. So and Ryan's affinity for ACDC, I guess, is is really understanding and understanding, you know, in, in what it means to be the complete backbone to the band. And for Australian bands, we got to have that. We can't have drummers flailing around doing jazzy things and stuff like that. You got to go. You got to hold that band rock solid. The whole room jumps to that beat. Yeah. And and the whole band rocks to that beat. So if he goes too fast or he goes too slow, it affects everything. So he's very, as a timekeeper, these guys have got to be rock solid. And um, you know, 
I've I've seen like we've played some big like festivals and stuff and with 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 big you know huge bands on the bill, and their drummers always come to watch Ryan. That's and, awesome. Like, yeah, and these drummers, you know, they're very technically what they do, and they just well, they walk up to him and they say like, you know, hey man, you know, like you just like you just hit that four four dot go, you know, how do you do that? Just dun 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 the whole way, you know, and they and he just goes, oh, not easy. You know, I just want to get to the beer. I want to get to my beer. <laughs> no, Ryan's got great swing. He yeah, really he loves does. It though. He acts like he sometimes he acts like yeah, he does. He, he sometimes he acts like he doesn't love it that much, but he does. When he's smiling and grinning, that's when he's flying. And when he's flying, the band's rocking. And that's, that's when awesome. that's when we're, when we're all unstoppable. You know, so it's and it's 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 definitely an art form. It's the four four drum. Well, Joel, as you know, ACDC Beyond the Thunder is a podcast where we talk to extraordinary fans who've been influenced by this extraordinary band. From yep. We've got actors and authors and comedians and war heroes and even an episode with the late, great Lemmy Kilmister um, right yep. before he passed. So you seem to have figured out ACDC's sound, but Joel, can you explain how ACDC changed your life and how has ACDC affected so many people? Oh, well, it, the way it's changed my life, ACDC. I mean, if they hadn't come along, I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing. Uh, when I was in school, I was a little kid, you know, like I couldn't really play any sports, couldn't really do anything, but I wanted to do something. Um, and having ACDC on my Walkman in my ears, I reckon got me through all that all of that stuff um and it when i would put those headphones in i didn't like school at all didn't want to be there didn't like the the whole vibe of it i just felt always on the outside outnumbered or just just didn't fit in and a very quiet kid and um until i put acdc on my head and then i listened and then i I, there was one point where i was doing a duck duck walk on the roof of the school (laughs) Uh, and stuff like that i would just go off and do duck walks and I'd go off and start rocking somewhere. I'd go off and listen to that and I'd just listen to ACDC over and over and over. Wherever I'm walking, I'd just go for a massive walk for hours just listening to ACDC. ACDC gave, basically gave me a gave me a kind of a power just to be myself because it gave me, gave me something. It gave me like a soundtrack. Like people say it's a soundtrack to life kind of thing. Well, it really was. It really sure. is. Yeah. Yeah. So without that, I don't know what, when that music comes on, it transforms. There's a, there was a study, I don't know if you've read this, you probably have, but um, there was a study where they tested a group of males. So they tested two groups. One group of males, they gave Red Bull. The other group of males, they gave, oh, those three groups, they gave uh, ACDC, and then they gave the other group, like, nothing. And then they compared the testosterone levels. And the group that had, like, jazz music and stuff just was sort of plateauing. And the group that had uh, the Red Bull, you know, went up a bit because they got the taurine and everything going. And the group that had ACDC, they found that their testosterone levels had shot through the roof during that listening. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Whatever is in that music, um, it gets you, it literally gets you up and going. And I talk about this with Freddie in our band. We talk about it, go, because we're fascinated by it. There's something we go, some people don't get it. And they just don't get it. And we go, I feel bad for the people that don't get it. You know, yes. um, everyone on this channel, you know, everyone listening to this, I'm sure gets it. And it's, and you're so lucky. You're so lucky to be able 
to get what ACDC is and feel that thing that it does. Because when it hits, it's 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 like I've done, I've, I've, I've dabbled in a few drugs and things around the place. You know, I've been in a rock and roll band, I've been around, <laughs> done this, but nothing hits like ACDC. Nothing. Uh, that's fantastic. Like it's the best feeling in the world, and you don't need anything else. And that's what I found in school and everything going as a kid is that at the end of the day, you really don't need anything else. You only need ACDC, and everything's cool. Amen, brother. I loved everything yeah. wow. you just said. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Well, um, before we let you go, what, what's next for Airborne? What can listeners expect? Oh, we're, we're writing a record. So we're writing songs. Doing, we're, we're, just, we're, getting a, we're going to get a record uh, recorded this year. We're putting everything into it, so it's different. it'll be different to the last one uh, where that one was written in the studio. This one where... A lot more writing. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear it. Keep the thunder alive out there. It's rocking. I love listening to it on the road. It's great. It's like awesome. for an yeah. band. It's fucking, it's the shit, and I love it. Thank you so much. Joel, we can't thank you enough for joining us from Australia to be part of the Top 10 special episode, and thank you listeners for voting. Uh, but we leave you with one final question, which is the question we ask all of our guests before we leave is if you had to describe ACDC in one word, what would yours be, Joel? Power. Yeah. Power. Perfect. Perfect. Power up. Power up. Cheers, lads. ACDC Beyond the Thunder theme song, Trailer Trash, written and performed by Gannon Arnold. VO Talent by Bruce Jacobson. Cinematography and sound recording by Greg Ferguson. Edited and mixed by Eric Keel. Written, directed, and hosted by Kurt Squires. Produced by Greg Ferguson, Eric Keel, and Kurt Squires. ACDC Beyond the Thunder is a Squires LLC current motion production. Copyright Beyond the Thunder podcast. All rights reserved. This has been a Nat Attack presentation. Jazz button, nanu, nanu.